Good morning and welcome to ESSA's podcast series. In this podcast, we are going to explore topical economic issues and see how they affect our daily lives here in South Africa. We get to speak to experienced and knowledgeable people in the field. I'm your host, Margot G, and, w- and with me today is Nicola Vieggi, the South African Reserve Bank Chair of Monetary Economics at the University of Pretoria. And we will be talking about the macroeconomic effects and the response to the coronavirus pandemic. Hello and welcome to our podcast. Good morning, Margot. <laughs> Thank you for having me and I hope it will be an interesting discussion. <laughs> welcome. It's wonderful. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I am uh, I am professor of uh, monetary economics at the University of Pretoria. I've been in, I am originally from Italy. I studied in Italy and after in uh, UK for I stay in UK for 10 years and after I moved to South Africa in 2003 and then uh, I decided to stay and then I moved from UK then to UCT and then from 2010 I arrived in Pretoria. I'm working uh, on monetary economics uh, in emerging countries uh, and especially in South Africa. I work quite a lot with the South Africa Reserve Bank in their modeling uh, forecasting tools. Wonderful. Wonderful. It's good to have you. Thank you. And um, I hope all your family back home in Italy are safe with this big pandemic coronavirus that you have. Yes, thank you very much. They are are a bit... uh, (laughs) bored to stay in the house for two weeks but they are safe it's it's better than the alternative gosh yes yes. um, certainly one of the largest pandemics we've seen since the early 20th century and um, recently this week our health minister William Kize he said that we expect 60 to 70 percent of South Africans to get the coronavirus of which about 20 percent of these will be serious cases how badly do you think this will affect South Africa's productivity in our economy uh, a lot of, first of all, we need to understand when we talk about the shock, what is the nature of the shock, how long is gonna, uh, how long is gonna last, and what is the size of the shock. Therefore, when we, the nature of the shock is different from anything we have experienced before, because the way we react to the shock is essentially to freeze the economy. Therefore, the lower we produce at this stage, the better it is because this is what we want to achieve. We want people to separate. But this one affects strongly the sector that, for example, were not very affected by the global financial crisis, there was services. And services, 60, 70, 70%, 60% of the South African economy, 60, 70% of the economy, of the developed economy. Therefore, the shock we are experiencing is, will be a massive, a very, very big shock. Uh, you have some numbers, I mean, the, the reduction in uh, electricity consumption in Italy in the quarter was almost 25% during the, uh, the break. Therefore, if, if the shock lasts only a quarter, it means that you have a reduction uh, maybe around 5-6% of GDP in the year ahead. And this is true for Italy, it will be true for the United Kingdom, it will be true for, actually, we, we keep on seeing numbers that Everything is looking between three and six percent of uh, collapse of GDP uh, yeah. around the world. But uh, you know, is a secondary in some sense is a secondary issue relative to what the health shock is. Huh? Therefore, as you said, if we are considering a sixty percent of people will be affected by this the investment first must be in the health response. The role of 
Economic Policy, uh, Economic Policy uh, Authority must be to protect as much as possible the economy so that when the health crisis pass, we can start again at speed. Therefore, we want, in some sense, to uh, put the economy in cotton wool, to find ways to protect the long-term health of be, uh, firms, households, uh, banks, uh, all the economic agents, so that when this thing pass, because we'll have to pass, we have still an economy and we can start. This is what they're doing in UK, is what they're doing or in the uh, United States. And all the action you see is an action to try to preserve, uh, preserve the economy. Not easy for an emerging country, because in some sense we are alone in the storm. Yeah? Compared, for we don't have a lot of room, a lot of leverage, a lot of ways to try to protect the economy. Therefore, that is you know, a, complex, uh, yes. a complex operation that they are trying, and I think they are uh, moving the, the right direction, but the amount of resources uh, that we have is quite, uh, is quite limited. Yes. Uh, obviously, the unknown is how long it's going to last. If it lasts three months, okay, we're going to make it. If it lasts six, if the US like six months, one year, 18 months, then we enter in terrain that, okay, yeah. I, I, it's very difficult to think about how to, but it's this nature of the shock that is very different, that we need yeah. to freeze the economy. Actually, that is necessary to freeze. Therefore, don't worry about the 25%. 25% is good, <laughs> means that people stay home. And <laughs> for reducing the, uh, Therefore, it's almost, you know, there is Ballard at the, at the Fed, at the, uh, at the US Fed that says it is an investment on health. Uh, for you are using resources to protect health of the citizens so that the next period we, will, we still have an economy and we still have people to enjoy that economy, you know. Yes, yes. That, and I think, I think that's very interesting, a point that you make, that we are very much dependent on our services industry. And yeah. a lot of that recovery, I think, will look at how well people's health recovers. And I think, you know, if we look at what's happened in China, they say it takes yeah. about two months before people's health recovers. And yeah. then the second thing, I think, is it looks at the, our position in the world and how we fit in terms of trade, because each country that each, each economy slows down at different times and your trade partners yeah. obviously impact your product, yeah. productivity also. So from a domestic perspective then, what are the type of economic policies that government can use and how do they work? I think what they are trying to do is two things. On the monetary side, they try to provide liquidity to, uh, you know, because what is happening is uh, international capital is flying away. The, the amount of uh, outflow capital that the emerging countries are experiencing, the exchange rate devaluation they're experiencing is way beyond what we have experienced during the, the global financial crisis or in any other crisis at the time. I mean, you had the valuation of 20, 30, 30% of, uh, of the currency in a very short period of time. Therefore, it means that there is liquidity just disappearing from the market. Therefore, what the bank what the bank is trying to do is to provide liquidity to uh, you know to provide a cushion to this mm -hmm. uh, inter internal internal market to provide liquidity to the bank to try to 
eliminate the, the bottlenecks. But in this process, monetary policy is all, only ancillary. Try, it comes is a, a second order, if you want, problem. In the sense that the main problem is to get resources to small firms, small industry, or big industry, anybody that is now requested to stop. Therefore, they, they are not going to have any income in the foreseeable future in the next, now is one month. Mm. But we want them to be still whole when this is finished. Huh? Therefore, we need to avoid bankruptcies. We need to avoid uh, uh, dismissal or uh, firing. We need to avoid, we need to find the resources to avoid the, the shock that we require people to impose. Uh, therefore, we are telling people stay home. And therefore, you cannot go to restaurants, you cannot go to bar, you cannot buy uh, food, uh, clothing, you cannot buy. Therefore, all the service industry is at risk. Therefore, what you need to provide is credit, breach credit. You need to provide the resources. For example, in a lot of countries, have, you know, in UK decided to pay 80% of the wages for the period that you ask this company to close. For this fiscal measure, really the, for, the, the first line of fight. The monetary policy then enter as uh, supporting these, these processes. Uh, to again to make the economy whole therefore to not allow this sudden uh, exit of capital to put our financial system our bank to compromise our financial system our banking system uh, because you know it's not if you want it's not their fault uh, therefore it's not you know we want to protect it mm. and hoping that this one lasts uh, last not long too long if allowing yes. us still to use to use our ammunition. Eh? Yes. But I think I think it's very important to you know, the focus on, on what are the fiscal action and how we we keep the economy whole and how at the same time we increase the investment in the national health uh, in the health services so that we are able to respond. That yes. is I think the, the priority number one. Okay. Monetary policy just you know, here to provide a sort of the water in okay. which the, the fiscal swim, the, the fiscal fish can swim. Yes. <laughs> I don't know, the, the metaphor was not uh, what yes. <laughs> In the cotton wool, I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, so that's very interesting. So when you talk about all this, you know, capital leaving, leaving the economy and um, what is actually causing this change in liquidity? Is it just people panicking, trying to yes. invest in other, what type of investments would they choose to invest or they just want them to hold on to their cash? What is actually the underlying cause behind that? When there is, this is a panic, a risk panic. Therefore, any assets that has got any uh, risk attached to it, uh, people just sell. Uh, therefore, what you have is an increase in demand of Treasury bill, US Treasury bill, maybe German uh, German bonds, some UK, not even uh, UK bonds, gold. Uh, you know, therefore you go back to what are sort of the safe assets, and the level of increase in panic, increasing uncertainty, is so big that really you can see from the financial market how much the financial market go up and down. Uh, 
for one day is 20% down and after go 10% up on small news means the market is incredibly uncertain, nervous, there is not much, li much liquidity in the market, therefore small changes of opinion have huge effect in the in prices, therefore it's one of the situations that prices actually don't mean much anymore because you know there is so much volatility that is any news, any small hope or a small uh, negative uh, news this effect. Emerging countries are better uh, because uh, in some sense it, there is a risk attached to the emerging market. South Africa is a bit better than the emerging market because at least we don't borrow in dollar, we borrow in our own currency. Therefore, uh, compared to other countries where there is the big devaluation, other, uh, for example, Mexico, in which a lot of the borrowing is in dollars, so when you have big devaluation, these automatically become a debt problem. Because the value of your debt increase uh, in uh, in national currency. Why for us? Because we borrow in in national currency, and uh, with a, therefore is partly the exchange rate actually absorb a part of part of yes. the shock. Yes. Therefore, is is uh, you know we are in a bit better than other emerging countries. But the numbers that you see uh, coming and going is. It's really, and therefore, you know, it means that there is not enough uh, liquidity in the market. There is, uh, and therefore, it might happen. There's assets that are in the hand of uh, uh, of our financial institutions, banks, that they cannot sell or they cannot, uh, you know, get, get rid of. The prices is going down. Therefore, the valuation of their assets is going down, and this one could could create the problem of. Uh, uh, solvency of financial institutions be just because the way prices are. Therefore, the intervention of the bank is, in some sense, to try to stabilize the prices of these assets uh, to uh, be a sort of the buyer, uh, the buyer of these assets. What people call about quantitative easing, yes, quantitative yes. easing. In this case, in this case, the South African Reserve Bank is what they call quantitative easing. Is simply that they go in the market and buy assets. In particular, the buy government bonds, a whole maturity, uh, so that they keep on providing liquidity and stabilize the price, uh, the price of the bond in the secondary market. Therefore, it is not a direct, mm -hmm. it's not a direct uh, uh, financing of government expenditure. It's just an issue of, of stabilizing, stabilizing yeah. the price and providing liquidity in the market. Okay. Will help, but you know, it's a yes. So, I, I heard recently in the news, and it's um, uh, these days yeah. it's difficult to tell which is fake news and which isn't. But, um, <laughs> I know at the moment a lot of the media attention has been on this coronavirus pandemic, and yeah. um, it was at the right at the bottom there was talk again of Moody's downgrading us. And, yeah. um, you know, when we look at this, it could definitely have the implications on the stability, and we can also see how our exchange rate has absorbed so many of. Yeah. changes that you're talking about yeah, yeah. how much of this exchange rate fluctuation do you think is because of the general pandemic with the coronavirus yeah. and how much do you think the moody's downgrade the potential downgrade is also causing panic at the moment um and is this quantitative easing then helping everything is that 
or is it specifically no, focused it, towards the virus? It's difficult yeah. to isolate cause and effect sometimes. <laughs> but what do you think? No, but also, you know, there is certain things that now go in the background. And therefore, the mm -hmm. possibility of, yes, you know, definitely now we have a big fiscal, uh, you know, we don't have a, a lot of fiscal uh, room and we need a big uh, fiscal effort. Therefore, there is a problem how we finance this fiscal effort. Huh? Uh, and certainly, if we had, uh, if we were coming in this crisis with uh, budget surpluses and uh, uh, very high rating, uh, the effect would have been probably lower. But it seems that it is affecting all emerging countries more or less in the same way. Therefore, there is no. There is no really the market now is not discerning or uh, you know try to make uh, uh, margin uh, margin decision on individual assets. They are just selling emerging country assets or any risky assets that go towards safe assets. If this is the case, it's really uh, sorry. Uh, if this is the case, can you hear the? <laughs> A little. The computer. Yeah. Ah, the computer. Ah, okay. <laughs> it's my IT department, because even when we 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 are from home, uh, even working from home, our IT department is still. <laughs> check our Everyone's still working. <laughs> yes. That's good yes, for productivity. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. There is the, the big brother is this checking on me. <laughs> okay. Close parenthesis. Yes. But therefore, the, uh, to go back to, uh, therefore, the issue of downgrading, yes, we will come out of this crisis. Uh, yeah. Our fiscal position uh, will be put un under strong pressure. I mean, consider the effort that Germany, that all countries are doing. They are, they are investing something like 10% of GDP in, in fiscal stimulus. 10% mm. of GDP. Therefore, uh, we, uh, do we have this amount of maneuver? Or how we get to this amount of maneuver? Therefore, how we also look at the budget, reorganize the budget so that we have more resources where these resources are needed. Having a big effort there. Some sense, okay, let's have a positive, uh, let's find <laughs> a, a positive spin to this. Uh, how we get, how we, deal with the crisis, how we get out of the crisis, will also determine very much uh, how uh, will determine what kind of choices we are going to go forward. One of the problems of South Africa was that it was very difficult to make choices, uh, very difficult to really define what is really important, was this, uh, uh, to really define where is really important to invest for the long term, where we really need resources is where is that is not uh, therefore if we get out of this with a clear sense of what is that the budget should do where are the resources going and how uh, for example is important to accumulate the resources in order to have an insurance system when these kind of things happen we need to have system of protect the employee the employees when these shocks happen uh, we need to have a system that uh, 
you know, increase the productivity, therefore in, increase the re resilience of the system to external shock, the resilience of firms to external shock. Therefore, the, we need to understand that this one is just one of the shocks that are going to come because we talk about the coronavirus, but we know that in the background that there is the environmental uh, issue, the, uh, the climate change, they are gonna come. And therefore you need to prepare a society and prepare uh, a country to what these kind of risks are and how we prepare, we make the society more resilient to this kind of shock. And therefore, you know, we are learning. Uh, we are learning more about where the weaknesses are, where, you know, we, we knew where the weaknesses are, but I think it's more striking yeah. where really we need uh, more resilience and we need stronger efforts and we need to break through sort of resistance all over the place, you know, mm. to, to whatever changes need. Definitely. From the organization of the city to from the organization of the city to uh, uh, to everything actually. Yes. yes, and I think this is a very testing time, and it's often at yeah. the difficult times when we learn the most lessons, which gives us the opportunity yeah. to improve and build that resilience going forward. Yeah. So I think it's it's really it's really exciting times in that regard. At the same time, yeah. I think when we're looking at the monetary policy effectiveness. It seems as though it happens instantly because the interest rates were yeah. lowered and that seems to take place effectively immediately. And um, But what I'm wondering is the there seems to be also a, a lag between we, I mean, until we see those benefits coming in, nope. the fiscal policy seems a lot more immediate. And I think although we have a different, you know, like you said, difficulty spending at the moment, um, we have been very lucky in the sense that as far as I know, we've got over a billion rand plan to help small businesses and that's coming into play effectively. So I think that short term, how long is the short term and how long is the long term? How, you know, how do these work together? Um, actually sort of... Yes, monetary policy is faster to act, but it takes quite a long time to filter through because it's an indirect instrument. You change your price, you intervene in a small market and you try to affect the behavior mm. in the sort of longer period. And for changing the interest rate, you give a signal of what is that you have intention uh, to do and you expect people then to change behavior, investment, consumption, etc. in order to achieve that. Fiscal policy takes longer to activate, but it's more direct. Therefore, fiscal policy has got a long, a long lag of decision. Uh, therefore, from the moment that you present a proposal to the moment that it goes to Parliament, to the moment for there is a long process uh, mm. to deciding and coordinate all different aspects of fiscal policy. But generally, yes, affect directly if you want the balance, the balance, uh, the, balance uh, the budget of a house or the firm in a more direct way. Uh, in this, at this specific time this kind of demand management uh, tools, uh, we should not be expect to work in a normal way. Because as I said before, the economy is frozen. Therefore, you, you might want to increase demand, but there is no shop to go to. Mm -hmm. uh? Therefore, 
the action of the, should be very defensive and protective. No? Therefore, we not a uh, you know these are you know this is a kind of shock. The all the rule book, all the rule book, uh, all the you know whatever we have studied, take it, throw it out of the window, <laughs> think from scratch because it's really the nature of the shock is very different. The, the nature of the shock and the problem we are facing is very different. Therefore, okay, we have learned a lot from the global financial crisis in terms of the array of instruments that the monetary policy can have in order to protect part of the economy. We have learned a lot also about fiscal policy, what is that work and what is that doesn't work. Uh, because fiscal policy was used a lot during the global financial crisis. Therefore, now we, have a, we are much better, in some sense, prepared, but uh, we need to use all these instruments in a very eclectic, different way. Yeah. Uh, this one is a short response. We need to start to think about uh, how do we get out of this situation in ways that make actually the economy after stronger. Mm. For that, some of the instruments, some of the things that we put in place will form also the basis for a stronger economy after. Um, therefore, we need to be prepared to use whatever is necessary now. Uh, and therefore, we, it doesn't really matter uh, what the individual policy is, as long as there is a credible commitment to what the future after this is going to be. Therefore, uh, for example, health and the organization of the city related to that, this one become priority number one mm -hmm. because this one increase also the productivity of the economy overall, make the economy more resilient. And how do we therefore achieve this? And other things become secondary. Therefore, how do we move slowly back to normal, but also define what the, the new normal should be and what are the long-term priority that we have learned from this uh, from this process. Definitely. And I think focusing on healthcare as an emerging market in yeah. sub-Saharan Africa, given you know the current diseases that we have, a lot of yeah. our population faces, that would be fundamental, you know, fundamental learning if we could get that. And we are, we are learning is becoming even more fundamental than we mm -hmm. thought. No? Yeah. So in some sense, uh, one of the problem, uh, for example, in the discussion about health services when you have this kind of pandemic some form of centralization and coordination of health, uh, or health is necessary mm -hmm. huh? therefore uh, the rediscussion about the nhi now is is entering on a different uh, it's a different field is a different framework in which you have to think about nhi because the issue is that we need to have a health system that is able to protect and to monitor, if you want, everybody at the same time. Mm -hmm. uh, there is not anymore, uh, you know, it's an essential thing for the working of the economy, for the health of the economy overall. Uh, therefore, there is an element that the framework that was used before now is renewed because it's not only an issue of uh, uh, justice and uh, Readdressing the past is really an issue of building resilience of the economy, health system, uh, social protection, and 
but investment in productivity, competition, uh, all these elements come together for uh, resilience, productivity, strength of the economy that allow then the economy to grow faster, to be. The uh, four is, you know, and importantly, building up buffer stock and insurance. We need yes. more more buffer stock on the fiscal side, maybe buffer stock on the monetary side. We need credible government, credible people. Actually, we are, I think we are quite lucky compared to a lot of countries in the world in terms of, mm. you know, it's the kind of time where they, what is important is the credibility of the policy maker because the policy, people will have to experiment a lot. But the credibility yes. of the policy maker become important in how this will be. I think those are some some very key takings. I think you know resilience, credibility, and I think in future perhaps we could discuss something about the NHI going forward. Um, yes, although I'm not the the, <laughs> the greatest expert on that. Yeah. I think in Elsa there is other people that will probably yeah, yeah wonderful. But um, thank you very much for all these comments. Thank you. Is there anything else you would like to say to our listeners today? No, I, I, uh, let's finish with a positive, uh, <laughs> with a positive, with a positive note. I think yes. South Africa, in a lot of ways, uh, uh, in a lot of ways, is in this kind of moment, South Africa is, is quite a special country. I hope, and I'm, I'm convinced that we'll, uh, South Africa will show again uh, uh, how exceptional it can be in this kind of moment. Me too. I think if we look Confident. at how how well we executed the, you know, the control measures so early on, yes. I think that's really, yes. you know, yes. we set very, an example yeah. to many. Actually, the river you put, you can, uh, I will uh, uh, put under the podcast a few links uh, on information and on the policies that people is doing and. Uh, how strong the policies are. South Africa is one of the one uh, of the country that responded faster and earlier than oh. anybody else. Therefore, is you know, I hope, I hope and I'm convinced that things will, <laughs> will work better. Wonderful. And um, if any of our listeners would like to contact you, will those details also be below? We can put yes, those yes, on. yes. We can. Again, the usual. Yes. Great. We'll do. Thank you so much for your time, Nicola. Thank you. And I'm appreciating having had the opportunity. And also a big thank you to all our listeners. And remember, for more updates on our podcast series, please see our website and social media platforms. This is Margot G. And until next time, thank you very much.